This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. This is your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I have a fantastic guest, Grant Rudder from Grant's Rants Hollywood Talk. Um, while it is an NBC podcast, the views that he expressed today are do not reflect those of NBC. He has a lot of opinions, and it is great fun talking to him. I know many of you guys also have very strong opinions on the housewives and other reality TV gossip that's going on, and I would love to hear from you and see if you agree with um, our thoughts that we share on this show. So please be sure to join us on social media at ITRL underscore podcast, or you can reach me directly at Mandy Slutsker on Twitter and on Instagram. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 39. I'm here with Grant Rudder of Grant's Rants Hollywood Talk. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you for asking me on, Mandy. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So you are a host and producer. Tell us like a little bit about how you got into Hollywood life. Sure. I've been in L.A. now. Well, I've been in California for 10 years, two and a half of which I was in school in Orange County. And uh, the transition from school and OC into working in Hollywood was one of the most difficult things ever. I mean, more than I could imagine. I I graduated 2011, and the business is completely different today in 2018 as it was in 2011, especially with anything in digital Working, producing a podcast and making money was like, I don't think anyone was doing it. Yeah. Unless if they worked for an NPR or anything like that. The scariest time of my life was between graduation and my first gig as um, a PA on the Bad Girls Club. Oh, fun. <laughs> it was um, a really not so great job. And I got in tons of trouble on that job because I was talking with talent and, you know, just sort of trying to get in on the drama, not trying to be on camera, but, you know, the, no, the, the girls are dramatic. Enjoy the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I would come in like in the morning early and then the night PA would be like, oh, it was a tough night. There was a bunch of fighting and screaming. So my, the, my instinct was to figure out exactly what happened. Who was doing the fighting? Who was doing the screaming? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to know. And I still want to know who's fighting and screaming. I was an NBC page. I've been an assistant on many desks up until about a year ago. And all the while doing that, I was hosting and producing on the side. And at the end of 2017, I was able to put kind of these two dueling careers together into one where I now work in television as a podcast producer. That's awesome. Well, one of my favorite things about your podcast is that you rant and give your opinions on everything. And I came up with a few things that have happened this week that I would like to hear some ranting on from you. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, okay. I, know let's, these. I haven't heard these, so I'm excited. Who let's knows start with saying? the obvious. <laughs> so I'm based in D.C. and I don't work in entertainment at all. 
So it's pretty rare for entertainment and politics to kind of overlap, but it's happened, you know. Oh, I know where this is going. (laughs) Yep. So thought on Kanye West's meeting with Trump. (laughs) I said, I mentioned on a previous episode of my show that I I think the MAGA hat is really disrespectful. Yeah. It represents something that whether you're for or against him, that hat has morphed into something that means more than what it says. You know, it's just, it's part of a, a, it represents a a mindset and a group of people. And I'm not saying people who vote Republican. I'm talking about people who don't have, aren't very inclusive, let's say that. It's just not the best look to put that on. That being said, you know, the photos of the hug and all this, it looked like a total publicity stunt. And he ended up just ranting, as we all imagined, useless, because, you know, they said when he talked about, well, I guess it was about manufacturing and mental health in Chicago and all that. But, you know, it was all filled with all the, this hoopla, reporters and cameras. That, that president didn't take any of that seriously. A real sit-down conversation, that's something that at least he could hold his attention to. Um, and the whole thing seems silly. Neither of them need to be there uh, in more ways than one. But, um, <laughs> you know, I just think it was really ridiculous. Um, and I mean, I don't know what to—I don't know what to do with him. You know, he's someone we voted actually last year on my podcast uh, for the holiday show. People have to give it up. We had a bunch of nominations, and he's someone that needs to hang it up. And it remains true today, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree. At least for a time, until he can get it together. Uh, I really appreciate it. I hope he does. If you haven't seen it yet, Pete Davidson had a great take on SNL last week about how there ain't no shame in the medicine game and he should take his meds, and Pete does. (laughs) I echoed that on my show. Yeah, I agree. I think so. I think that, like, you know, there's no, like, benefit to telling everyone I'm off my meds, I'm myself, I'm off my meds. I mean, you know, there's a reason why you have them in a way. I mean, yeah, you want to be your best when you yeah. have that much responsibility. You want to be at your best and it's okay. So next rant, Joe Giudici's deportation proceedings. I didn't believe it because there were rumors earlier this summer and I really didn't believe it. And it wasn't until I saw it in more than one spot and actually um, I believe Shara Weiss posted. She's been on the show. I know she was on your episode recently, right? Yeah, the- last week. Yeah. So she posted. I was like, all right. Well, because, you know, Shira, she really does have the scoop. And she really does know what's going on. So I was like, okay, that's how I know something's really up. So I read more into it. I looked at the reactions from the cast, the previous cast members. I skipped over Amber because I really don't care what she has to say. But I wanted to know what... Um, Caroline had to say about it. And then I thought she gave a good statement. Uh, as far as Joe goes, it's a sad situation. I, you know, I, I think that they may have a good chance of appealing it. Um, but, you know, it, has to, it makes me laugh. Again, not to be political, but, you know, Teresa was very pro Trump. Exactly. That's my exact reaction. Yeah. And he was not a citizen. I mean, how could he go through his whole life and never obtain citizenship when all of his siblings did? Did it never occur to him? Yeah. Unless if it's a complete blanket, like like if you commit a federal crime, you're not a, 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 a citizen equals being thrown out. If it's that black and white, you know, the law is the law. The law is never, opportunities it's never that spaces. black and white. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's why it's surprising. I looked up the language, and it's something like, you can be deported. Not you must be deported, but you can be deported if you're convicted of a crime of moral turpitude or an aggravated Hmm. felony. So his was not an aggravated felony, but it could fall under a crime of moral turpitude. And that is, I think, what the state's case was against him. Hmm. Okay. Well, Next. it's a mess. And I really Such I didn't mess. think that the two of them were going to really, I didn't think that was really going to happen. I'm, I am genuinely surprised. And when asked, when Teresa and her family were asked, like, would you move to Italy if he was deported to Italy? She's like, we don't know anyone in Europe. <laughs> like, okay. Well, well, she might have to start. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that she ultimately probably would and should go with him. I mean, what's... What type of life are they going to have? I love if she gets rid of him, but I don't think she ever will. 
Like, what type of marriage and, and relationship and family can they have with across the world like that? I know. I mean, do they have bodybuilding competitions in Italy? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, because she's going to need something to do to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last thing um, to rant on. So it became clear this week that Shannon has blocked Emily Simpson on social media from Real Housewives of the OC. And apparently they ran into each other at A Quiet Woman and Shannon basically ran the other way. Any thoughts on Shannon's behavior towards Emily post-filming? Well, Shannon, I'm about to do the same thing. I'm about to block Emily myself and we are following now. I mean, I don't care for her. I'm extremely bored. I'm telling you, I, I I've said it before, and I really do mean it. Like, OC Housewives barely holding my attention. Like, it's tough. And, and, I mean, I put it on. I I actually was just a Greek caught up for the show. And, you know, I I looked at it, but it was kind of like, is it over? Oh, no, it was another act. And I don't get that when I watch Dallas. I'm like, okay, all right. It's a good, solid show. And it's it's a shame, in a way, because I'll always watch OC. I'll sit here and complain and hate on the Housewives. But I'm so loyal to that show, and I enjoy it. It got me in like many people. It got me into this whole world. And I'm I'm grateful to it. I've gained so many, you know, followers to my podcast and talking about it afterwards. I, I mean, I owe a lot to Real Housewives of OC. But, that being said, this is Emily. I mean, again, it's like when they, when they cast OC, it's like a revolving door. You know, you look at other shows, they really don't change up their opening titles that much. Sometimes they carry through the same ones, just different taglines. But with OC, they always have to revise it because their they're casting is all over the place. I'm, I'm really bored with it. And I'm seeing the women in a really besides Kelly Dodd who's coming across across great to me this season the rest are coming off in a really negative light and I never feel that way about housewives you know who's fading into the background okay so let's get into this week's episode so Gina and Emily are both really frustrated with Shannon Um, they think that Shannon doesn't pay attention to them never asks them any questions but you said you understand Shannon blocking Emily because Emily is boring. But do you think Gina is the same? You know what? I thought about this watching the show. That Shannon is so wrapped up in her own world and her own problems. She's not worried about welcoming anybody onto the show. And I think she'd treat Gina the same way she would treat somebody else down the street uh, who's joining the show. I, she just doesn't have time for it. I, Shannon, you know, I think she's a nice person. I just don't see her as being someone's going to come to anyone with like a, a basket with like, you know, a welcome with the to casserole. the show. Like, yeah. No, <laughs> she's not going to do that. So, I mean, you know, that's the thing. And I get it. Gina wants a little bit of reciprocation, but I think with Shannon, you have to make the effort because she's comfortable with Tamara, she's, you know, managing with Vicky, and I think that's enough for her. I don't think she's seeking anything out. I don't think she's really going to be that welcoming work. You know, Vicky used to not be, but now it seems Vicky's kind of like the welcoming committee to these new girls, because she's always trying to find numbers, you know, Mm -hmm. with people on her side. Yep, I, I agree. But I find Gina a little more interesting in how she engages with the other women. They seem a little more drawn yeah. to her than they do to Emily. I agree. I see Gina hanging around. I see Gina hanging around. I don't think people are going to want to see like the next chapter in her life. And I don't know about Emily. I'm not sure what, what left or more she has to give. What do you think of her trying to pressure her husband into having another child? Not much. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, like, I, I, I watch it and I'm like, oh, I feel like you've seen this before. It's not a good sign. I mean, you got to have a, I don't know. I've, no, again, I've never been married or really in a relationship, so I don't know. But I, I think that you have to be on the same page with these things and, like, you know, forcing him into these conversations on camera about this. It, it's not like she's trying to, you know, get his attention so she can get a new car. I mean, they're really talking about a big thing here. I get it. I mean, if that's something that she wants, they should have a serious conversation about it, but he seems to have made up his mind. Right. So I don't know what benefit she has running around talking to the mother-in-law about it, every scene that she can get with her. I would just, you know, I I worry with things. I think of this sometimes when we've seen this on shows where, I don't want to speak out of turn, but like, you know, these women, they, they 
at the they try to you know bite on too much than they can chew with 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 kids. You know, sometimes it's just not meant to be. And I I don't know. I I would hate for her to have like any problems. As it is, she can't you know carry the kids herself, and it just seems very complicated. And it could be more complicated. And I don't know if she would have the support that she would need uh, from the husband. Yeah. No, 100%. I think it's weird to make a storyline. And if I was her, I would think, what do I really want to show on camera about myself? She's showing us nothing of her party planning business, of her being a lawyer. No, right. Exactly. Where's that? Like, who she is, you know? You know, one of my least favorite storylines, and I would see it in soap operas and Real Housewives, is like, you know, the, the baby storyline, trying to get pregnant, which, I mean, I, I think all of them in Atlanta did it. You know, I mean, it's just like kind of tiring after a while. You know, we, we see the relationships build and marriage, and it goes right into the kids. And, and you know, we saw um, the other one on OC. Um, oh, my God, I can't believe I, I'm forgetting her name. We saw all the MV show, and she drove around the oh, sperm. Oh, Megan King Edmonds. Megan, yeah. Why the heck couldn't I place her? Well, I actually enjoy, but, like, you know, that was her storyline for, like, two years. Yeah. Like, I, I'm really not that invested in if these women get pregnant or not. I mean, that's that's part of their life. I want to see more of a storyline. I want to see more things going on in their life. I, I feel like it's just kind of, like, a trope. I understand right. if that's, you know, I don't want fake stuff either. I don't want made-up storylines, but we've seen it. Emily has a lot going on in her life, being a, you know, career-oriented woman, and we're just not seeing that. And that's actually what I'm more interested in, yeah. you know, and her engaging with the other women as opposed to her little dweeb of a husband. Um <laughs> Who has the whitest teeth? Have you seen that man's teeth? I, he, uh, you must. He has very white teeth. <laughs> I don't know. I need to watch back and, and look at his teeth again. Okay, so I had this conversation last week with Shira how I don't really like watching the kids that much on camera for many reasons. One, I don't think it's as interesting as watching the women themselves. And two, I wonder like how comfortable the kids are with it and how much say they have, mm-hmm. you know? But I do love Jolie. I do too. I don't mind them at that age. That age, Shannon's age of kids, and Vicky obviously she has It's adult different children. when they're older. Yeah, it is. It is different. I feel same. I think of even a show like Dallas, where it's like a lot of like young kids all the time, and it's uh, you know, I don't mind. That's part of their life, but I don't need like a kid storyline. Right. Exactly. I mean, I I appreciated last season with Stephanie and Cruz and him having, you know, learning comprehension difficulties. I don't think they spent too much time on it, and it was probably helpful for people to see, but... Just enough. Just enough. That's the amount of child I can handle. (laughs) I like Jolie. My sister watches the show, and she thinks that... She likes to see, like... um, Kelly's parenting style with her. I do too. And she likes that Kelly's so upfront and just so honest with her daughter. And then Julie, she really uh, she had to grow up fast, that one. I like her. She seems to be the only level-headed one on the show. I know. <laughs> and honestly, Kelly is the only one that is interesting to me this season. I mean, everyone else's storylines are horrendous. Vicky wanting to get married. She's had that storyline ever since her and Don got divorced. Tamara and her husband and his heart, not interesting. Clearly, Eddie does not want that to be the storyline. Shannon's divorce, like she's not focused on the new things that are that exciting. Gina's divorce, no one understands. Emily's trying to have another kid. And I don't know, is anyone else? Kelly? Kelly's the only one that's giving me life. Yeah. You know, they really missed the boat with that Gina without getting that husband to sign the contract. I know there was rumors and stuff about his business and his company that he works for. He couldn't be on camera and there's rumors of an affair. And I remember that way back when. Were you familiar with that? Yeah, I heard that like his company didn't allow filming and that that was from the beginning. Yeah. See, that's the problem because we're supposed to be seeing these women's lives and now her only storyline is divorcing someone they can't even show an image of. Right. I mean, it's hard to be invested in this show has had some tough seasons. When it's really good, I feel like you can get away with things. Like, I feel like a New York housewife. There's enough going on where, like, I could I could deal with the new girl maybe not seeing her 
husband. With this show, I just feel like it's such a big part of it. I mean, how do we not see this man? Why is this woman cast if we can't see her whole storyline and her family? I mean, there are so many decisions that are made and so many people that are up for these roles on these shows. It's just kind of crazy to me. I, I, I don't mind Gina. I don't want to put Gina out of work. But I'm surprised she was approached and cast with this because we can't see everything. Yeah, but wanted to recap Dallas with you because Dallas is the only thing on television on Bravo right now, I guess besides Below Deck, but that just started, that I'm really into. Like, I am invested in the ladies of Dallas. I think it is a fabulous cast, even if some of the episodes maybe miss the mark. What are your overall thoughts on Housewives of Dallas? Well, I'm always entertained. I'm, like, completely biased towards Leanne. And, you know, I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? I don't deliver the nightly news, and I don't have to be, like, unbiased and in the middle. I can say what I feel, and I really enjoy Leanne, and you know, I want to see more as far as, like, the crazy side, but I like that she's being more humanized. She, just, she doesn't feel the pressure to have to carry the show on her back the way she did all through season one and most of season two. So I, we're, I feel like we're getting a little bit more of like a healthier version of her as far as just even like as a character. But we're just getting other sides to her. She's able to kind of repair her image in the public a little bit, yet she still like has the great humor where she can make fun of herself and, you know, children. She scares children and all this. Um, I have a hard time connecting with Carrie. I, I really don't have much of an interest in her, but I respect her position on the show. She is an original. Um, I think she's kind of a pain in the neck, and I, can, I find it funny that they're all figuring out just now that she stirs the pot. Yep. Um, I just, I mean, it's, they're just learning this. Have they watched the first two seasons? Uh, but anyway, I, I don't mind Brandy and Stephanie, but I I just, I don't know. I, I think I might have choose a more team Stephanie than Brandy because, I don't know, this little about Brandy, I feel like she's a little pushed in the show. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like she's kind of pushed forward by the producers a little bit. She's pushed forward. Its story is kind of like the second lead or like the wannabe lead. I don't know. I, I don't connect with her the way I do with the other ladies, excluding Carrie. That's me. I I like Brandy and Stephanie's friendship. It seems like the most real friendship. I know they like have a lot of fun together, but I also feel like they are real friends to each other. And what is so shocking for me to watch is how Deandra and Leanne were actual friends before this show. And Deandra is throwing Leanne under the bus just for a storyline. I mean, I don't think Brandy and Stephanie would do that to each other, but there are future seasons and that could happen. But this episode shocked me so much because Deandra spent the entire time talking about how Leanne's fiance, Rich, she believes is unfaithful. And she's telling everyone but Leanne and then is like, I'm so kind not to tell Leanne so that she can have the opportunity to tell me. That's messed up. Yeah, that's a pretty weak cover. I, I don't know why that she, if she was smart, she would just bring the source who told her about use this alleged source and just say, hey, this, this is what's going on. This is what so-and-so told me. You know, I want to address this before it blows up, as opposed to just like, somebody told me, I'm not going to say who. It's just, yeah, it's lousy. And I, I had the opportunity actually to talk with Leanne. She was here for a charity event. Surprise, charity. And um, we were talking, and um, she did say that she believes that Deandra chose the show over her. So like you said, like, just to have a storyline yes. to jeopardize this, like, lifelong friendship. I, I mean, that's what Leanne says. I don't know. I'm not in their relationship. I didn't but. know Leanne said that, and that is what I get just from watching it as a viewer. Yeah. It is so obvious that she is cozying up to Brandy, kind of to piss off Leanne, and then bringing Brandy, while Brandy is very drunk, to an event that Leanne was involved in. She's doing that to stir the pot. She's not a carry, but she's certainly like, wow, what can I do to get as much airtime on this show as possible? Yeah, and you know, she's slinging like words and slinging mud at Leanne in her interviews. And then scenes, this is more earlier in the season, but in scenes, they, you know, she's there giving her a hug and their sisters and all this stuff. 
I mean, I think she kind of laid it down first. I think she kind of like figured this is the direction I'm going to take this season. And then it was news to Leanne. And, you know, Leanne ended up getting hurt because of it. So I can understand. Yeah. I mean, does it remind you at all of the Bethany versus Carol debacle? Mm. I don't know. See, that one was hard because I couldn't really, I had a hard time choosing a side and I really don't enjoy Bethany. So I, I hated to give the credit to Carol. <laughs> but I actually, in this case, like, I I liked, I had the opportunity to meet both women. I like them both and both seem pretty level-headed to me. I know people like mm-hmm. Leanne, really. But no, I mean, she, she like, is a smart person. And, I, you know, I thought that they just would, just kind of like be unchanged by this. Or when I look at New York, I think that Bethany, you know, this show really, that Real Housewives in New York, like she is always like self-producing and she knows what makes good TV and she's, I don't think she's afraid to like, yeah, this is my point. I don't feel like Bethany is afraid to choose a show over a friendship or I'm surprised at the annual one. Me too. I think it maybe even came as a surprise to her that she didn't know this was in her. But she just kept going and going and going. And I don't know who is encouraging her. I questioned Deandra because it seems like I mentioned this some on some show. That I think with her, she's almost like going to maybe like a midlife crisis situation. Yeah. Like, or she's like rebelling like the way a 15-year-old would at her age. I just feel like she's like got this new opportunity with Real Housewives, she's on television, she's built a following, you know, she's growing beyond working with her mother and that family business, and she's trying to, look adjust to the new world around her, but she's at a certain age and a certain place where you have to kind of be level-headed. I mean, you can't let the ego and the fame game get to you. I just don't really respect that that much. I don't have any beef with her, but I'm kind of surprised that she would, would be so changed by being on a reality show. But we've seen it before. I feel like the others... Actually, I feel like Leanne and Deandra both are... They're the most invested in the show. And that everyone else, maybe it's because they have small kids, is cares about the show, but isn't willing... Mm-hmm. They they could walk away if they had to. Yeah, I can see that as I go through them in my head, yeah. I'm like, that's why so much drama is happening between Leanne and Deandra, because like, for them, this is everything. But like, Cam- Cameron could walk away. Right. That's I think she enjoys point. being on the show. I think it's like, funny and fun for her. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think it's all like, sunk in yet. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, she thinks they're all real friends. Yeah, I, I enjoy Cameron. She's just naive enough for the show. She, It's perfect. I used to think, you know, Shira started to kind of convince me otherwise, but I used to think that she was just playing a character and there's no way anyone could really behave this way. But the more I see it, the more she's the same over and over again. Yeah. And then when she was so offended that Brandy didn't tell her about the adoption, I'm like, she's offended because she thinks they're real friends. And that... <laughs> And that real friends share things like that. But Brandy's real friend is Stephanie. Everyone else is just a castmate. Yeah, this is a job. Yeah. I want to see Cameron interact with her mother. We don't see any real personal relationships besides the kids and the husband. So I want to see, like, you know, that's when you can really tell with someone's personality. Or a sibling. Or someone like that. Like, if she had a sister, I would love to see that. I bet she does, and I bet she has, like, a low-class sister who, like, yep. you know, like, lives outside of Las Vegas and just kind of, like, you know, works part-time and, you know, just, like, overweight. Like, wouldn't that be funny to see, like, a completely, like, opposite, like, just a box of Newport? Yep. Like, <laughs> just getting through life, and it's like, this is my sister from California who lives, like, she's moved, and she's just kind of on her own, like, you know, two marriages under her belt, like... I just would like to see her the complete opposite of Cameron and then have that be like the, the secret sister. Now, there is a storyline. There is a storyline. That is what we need next season. And I'm sure I offended somebody listening with the Newports or whatever, but I'm, I'm just thinking of the opposite of Cameron. I mean, she's got that his own family home in Montecito. 
She's got that other gorgeous home in Aspen with her other family, the, the husband. I mean, you know, it's just a joke, but I can just imagine, like, you know, the exact opposite. The sister that, like, really didn't level up. <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> my Actually, my favorite part of Cameron this season happened this episode where they call the international distributor they want to use for sparkled dog food. And she actually might be on to something thinking that Sparkle Dog could make it in Asia. I'm like, okay, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I could actually see, I think that like Yorkie symbol, I think she's tying it to like Hello Kitty or something. And she's like, I could really see us in Japan. And then the guy is saying South Korea, you know, China. I'm like, I, where else would people buy pink dog food nowhere else that's it (laughs) i mean japan is just so wild you know in their like tokyo and the colors and everything yeah um whereas here everyone's into like organic dog food (laughs) you know right true when I look at this, though, with this, the storyline with the, you know, will she or won't she get the distributor? I don't feel the jeopardy really because I know, and, and, and you're probably aware yourself, when they do these shows, they start a business, you know, there's a certain percentage that Bravo has of these businesses. I mean, they're giving Cameron Westcott the airtime to promote a product. I mean, it would only be in their best interest. Yeah, for it to do well. Yeah. So, I mean, she's got. You know, not only does she have an international platform that is Real Housewives of Dallas, but she also has a company that, if it, that one hand washes the other, I mean, she's not going to dry up, is what I'm saying. Yeah. What I don't know if you've ever looked at the Amazon reviews for Sparkle Dog Food, but they used to be I hilarious. I only looked at them when they first came out. They've changed them. They, okay, there's only, okay, I checked. When the season first started, there were only 47 reviews, and it averaged over four stars. Okay, so yeah, so she must have a distributor now. Yeah, they like cleaned up their Amazon page. Well, that's good, because I, well, when I first looked, it wasn't very good. No, it was like my dog was shitting pink for three days. You know, I guess that's all you need is like, you know, that's something you need to know right there. Those reviews, you know, are really not that accurate. I mean, you know, they can either be completely crazy or, you know, the owner could go through and just delete what they don't like. I mean, exactly. I don't I would not trust Amazon reviews for dog products. I'll ask my vet. Thank you very much. So um, a couple questions I have for you, and maybe it's because I don't understand the charity circuit. But at the black tie, no one was in black tie. Why? Well, there were two events. One of them, the second one with the 80s was called No Tie. Exactly. But the first event, it was called... I don't know. That, that event yeah, was, a little, it was a little literally called LGBTQ Black Tie Kickoff Party. Wait, now the black tie, like... I'm wondering if, like, or thinking, like, black tie, like a black tie, like, cocktail party, or, like, the black tie that you fasten, does that represent um, AIDS and HIV? I'm not sure. You know, like, uh, the ribbon? It's like a red ribbon for HIV. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah I think you're right. <laughs> That's strange, then. That's I was, strange. like, I mean, yeah, writing really scribbling in my notes, like, why was no one in black tie? Yeah, really. I, I really, I said this on After Buzz, I could relate to Leanne at that party because Leanne had to show up and, you know, she really tried to mix in and she made the most of it and hung out with some people, but you could tell she wasn't there with her group and you could tell she was waiting for Deandra to come. And she even said, you know, Deandra came when there was like 12 minutes left to the party and I, I have to do that a lot. I have to go to different parties and events and I was like, wow, wow, wow. But no, it's like, I just have to, you know, sometimes I go out just for fun and I meet up with people, but, you know, they show up on their own time and you're kind of just left. You know, you're kind of like have to mix in and, you know, what are you doing? And then when that person finally arrives, it's like, oh, thank God. But I mean, you know, she really kind of left Leanne out there. At least that's how it was edited. You know, she had DFFs and nobody around her. And, you know, I'm sure Leanne has, you know, social enough to be able to handle it, but you know, I could relate to kind of being, you know, hung out to dry like that. I would have been really pissed. I think I think she was 
pretty pissed because it was also annoying that when Deandra did show up, she was like, well, we had a boozy brunch and I was drunk and then I went home and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get it together, but I did for you. And it's like, did you get it together? Because you showed up yeah. at like nine and you brought along the one person I don't like. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little bit of a F you. Yeah. Not feeling Deandra this episode. I normally don't have an issue with her other than the fact that um, I forgot who said it. I think people on Bitch said she's swimming in inherited wealth <laughs> mm-hmm. and crying about it. And it's really annoying. But other than that, I don't mind her. Yeah, I, I enjoy her. I hate that they're fighting. I really do. I, I'm surprised. That if I could think about this last season, I would probably think they would be the last two that would really fight. I, I really am surprised. And I can't believe that Carrie continues to get away with everything she does. And it's all a joke. Everything is, you know, pretty light and fluffy when someone calls her out. It's, they're so quick to forgive. You know, that would drive me crazy. Yeah, do you think it's because she owns it? Um, I first of all, I took like offense to that for Leanne. Leanne has owned all her stuff. We've watched her at both reunions, and she literally lays down and takes it. People just go in and go in and go in, and she doesn't. And I believe that Leanne owns it all the time. I think that Carrie gets a pass, and I don't understand why. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Um. What did you think of that scene at the end with Brandy and Leanne having finally having a conversation? Because at the black tie party, Brandy was too drunk to have a conversation. Oh my God, that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's so odd when someone, so she says, you know, I just don't believe you've really changed to Leanne. And Leanne's response is like, I'm so happy and so at peace. And if you don't want to see me at peace, I get it. I mean, when mm-hmm. someone says something like that, don't you just then let it go? Yeah, I don't understand why Brandy has such a problem with Leanne. Like, especially when they connected at one point. Like, I could see if you just n- never connected with someone. Like, I have, you know, there's someone in my life that, like, I just would never connect with personally. Like, I, I kind of made a choice, like, that that relationship is never going to be a thing. I don't care for that person. So, like, anything they say would set me off. But at one point, like, they connected. And now it just seems strange to me that she just will always go against Leanne. She'll always have a problem with Leanne. And they'll never find common ground. It almost seems like a choice to really just dislike her. Yeah, it's it's also like she's doing Deandra's bidding in this conversation. Oh, she's, yeah saying all the things that Deandra told her at brunch. I didn't pick up on that. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't think you're being open and honest with everyone. What's going on with you and Rich? I feel like there's more going on. Leanne says she's not hiding anything. Why would Leanne ever oh, Brandy any type of a response to any of those questions? You know, those two are not close. They're not friends. Brandy's come for her every time she could. You know, they're not close. Like, I don't think Leanne owes that group of girls any real answer. I, I yeah. just don't. I, I, especially least of all Brandy, who showed her no, you know, sense of, of, of respect this season, or she's never really offered an olive branch to her the way that someone like Stephanie has. Um, she doesn't owe anybody anything. I don't know. Again, I know I sound very biased to Leanne, <laughs> which I am, because I enjoy her. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I like them all, really. But, and I really do like Brandy. It's just, she's doing Deandra's bidding. I feel like she should just let Deandra have that conversation. And then she gets Leanne really riled up. And Leanne says something that definitely goes a step too far, where she's like, well, what if I were to tell you that you just adopted a baby with Brian to save your marriage? (sighs) And that's tough because Brandy hits the nail on the head. And I think this is why she has a problem with Leanne. Is she says that Leanne deflects and then tries to stab you where she thinks it will hurt you the most. And like, I think we've all known a person or more than one person who has that sort of like Leanne Locken, Kelly Dodd style of fighting. Yeah. Where when they knock you down, they, they really go for the jugular. Leanne's a fighter. Yeah, she fights dirty. 
I appreciate it on my television screen, but in real life, I'd be terrified to be friends with someone that had the capability to go that low. Right. Yeah, when, when I met up with her before the show, this is before the season started, she kept saying different things like, oh, she's like, you know, it's kind of convenient, you know? It's, it, it, you know, they got a baby that looks just like them. Like, she kept, like, alluding to things, like, about their relationship and about the convenience of this adoption and how quickly it happened. And, and Brandy said online that it wasn't, it didn't happen as quickly as, it, as the show made it out to look. So I don't really know the truth. I interviewed the one of the people who helped put the adoption through, James Mercer from Lone Star Social Services, um, who's also kind of a little celebrity in his own right. He has a novel uh, or a memoir out. But he... He was saying that the, it was like a minimum of seven months for the thing. And then they were looking for a boy who was a newborn. Mm-hmm. And so you like go through so much to get to the point where you match eventually. And then he just yeah. happened to have red hair. And so they were like, oh, it's meant to be. Haha. <laughs> well, I can tell you there's no love lost between Brandy and Leanne because she made those comments and... You know, if, if they made up, I don't think she'd be talking about Brandy's family the way she did. So yeah. it just is going to rage on. And I, I enjoy, like, a good, like, back and forth. But I really would like to see her make up with um, Deandra because I do believe that they have, like, a sisterly relationship. And I would hate to see, like, this show, as much as I enjoy the show, I, this show isn't worth ending, like, you know, like a 25-year relationship. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I hope maybe Deandra can look back and see how she's behaved because sometimes you don't know what you're, I don't know, don't always know what you're doing or how it comes across. I mean, Carrie and her husband Mark have definitely taken some lessons from last season because she keeps talking mm. about how she wishes she had a good relationship with her father growing up the way Mark does with Zuri. And I'm like, last season, Mark's parenting was like the single worst example of parenting I've seen in a long time. I'm not buying this Carrie storyline at all. No, he despises that child. You know, it's Carrie. She's sitting in her parents' house, like eating out of her parents' kitchen, going through her parents' closets to look at photographs of herself growing up with them. And she's supposed to be like, you know, so we're led to believe you know, she's so disconnected from her father. I mean, it's, it couldn't be more ridiculous. She's staying in a man's house. Like, I don't understand the storyline. You know, when the show begins, it shows, like, you know, previously on, and then she's like, you know, my dad and I just really never connected growing up. And I'm like, oh, that means this is going to be covered in this episode. Maybe she'll finally have a one-on-one. And all she's doing is talking about it. It's all tell, no show. And yep. you know, that, to me, is not a storyline. Exactly. And... I don't believe for a second that Mark is as good of a father as they're trying to portray him as. He views that marriage like to Carrie, like I gave you this child because you told me you needed a child if you wanted to marry me. And I gave you that child. I already have other kids for my previous marriage. So I gave you this one. Now you raise it. He was so dismissive of sorry, this cute little girl. He was such a dick towards her on camera. And that wasn't acting. That was just captured by the cameras in their house. And it's all rubbing off on her because I don't want to talk badly of children, but that girl has a little attitude. And I don't really find it cute. Yeah. You know, I, I think that she picks that up from her father or yeah. even the mother. Carrie can be a little snippety, too. But I, I don't really find it cute. I don't like the attitude. I, I, I don't like to see, you know, at that age, you know, people, kids feeling like they can be so mouthy. Well, then my final question to you is, what do you think of Portia, Kyle Richards' daughter, the youngest? Oh, is she in the news for something or just in general? No, just in general. She's the mouthiest girl I've seen. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, that girl is the definition of privilege. I mean, she, you know, has just been around and grew up when her father, you know, really took off with that agency. And, you know, she's been literally in the lap of luxury and the nicest of homes and the nicest of zip codes. I mean, 
I don't know how you keep a girl like that humble. Um, yeah. I, I just don't know. I, I wouldn't I, want to have to parent her. I actually think Portia is acting. You think she is? Yeah. She's playing a role of like a little snotty girl because she's so over the top. And she's seen, mm. she's been around acting. And I think she's has a flair for the theatrics. It, it could be. Do you know when Beverly Hills comes back? I don't think it will be this year. I don't know anything, but I know that we're going to have Jersey and Atlanta. So I'm assuming it will be early next year. Like this spring. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. Well, we'll see if Lisa Vanderpump, how if that was, uh, if this is her last rodeo. Well, it should have been a long time ago. I, I know yeah. that, you know, they, I know that the show values her. And, you know, they want to keep her around. And I think that's a lot of it. I'm sure they throw a lot of money at her and it would make sense to stay on. But I believe that she holds that show hostage. And I don't believe she's a team player and it's an ensemble show. And I haven't enjoyed her enough to justify that in a long time. I I definitely see the appeal. I enjoy her season one and two. I love seeing her lifestyle. But I don't know, maybe it's because I'm in the middle of all of it and I, I, the restaurants are here, and she's in the parades and all this stuff. I, I just, I'm, I just kind of had enough of her. I feel like you know, I don't mind her. Actually, I actually really don't mind her role on Vanderpump Rules. I think it's just enough. I like the, the role that she serves, but I, I don't care for her as a housewife anymore. She just seems to have trouble connecting to the other women. Yeah, I mean that's what happens when it eventually just becomes a job, and I'm sure it was always a business move for her. But now yeah. it's just like you can tell, like she probably just rushes in and rushes out of these scenes because she's got other stuff to do. You know, and some of the up. other women genuinely seem to be friends with one another. Yeah, I you know, agree. watching Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane, like they have an actual friendship. Yeah, and they take their role on the show seriously. They know they have a job to do and they have a role to play and they're going to put their best foot forward. Or I feel like with Lisa, she's, you know, she's been there, done that, you know, doubled her income and all this stuff. She's the highest paid and all this. So, you know, you, you turn jaded to these things after a while and she's yeah. been in the game for a long time. So I, I think they need to switch it up. I know that they're paying Denise Richards a lot and I hope that it's worth it. All I keep hearing is that she's friends with all of them. So, I mean, in the perfect world, that'd be nice. But if they're bringing her in for the drama, I don't know. Or maybe they're gonna we're going to get a glimpse of her life with co-parenting with Charlie Sheen. Who knows? I hope that they have him on. Yeah, they really should. They should put that in her contract that she needs to get him to make one appearance. It, it would definitely be interesting. That's for sure. Well... Thank you so much for being on this week's episode. Really appreciate it. Loved hearing your rants. And I love your fierce defense of Liam Locken. I think she's the most engaged with her fans. And and that does mean something. I, I see a little bit of myself in her. And I know people are probably hardcore judging listening. No, I get my hands to myself. But um, I just, you know, she's scrappy. She's really, you know made a name for herself. This is her thing. This is a perfect match for her. And she's tried a lot of things over the years with hosting and acting into the pageants. And, you know, I'm someone too that really prides myself on my work. And I'm trying to find that perfect match that puts me where I'd like to be. And, you know, I think this is a great fit for her. And, you know, I just, I enjoy Leanne. I, I just enjoy that she is just like, take no prisoners and just scrappy do whatever she's got to do. I like it. Yeah, well, I'm definitely seeing her side on this um, fighting with Deandra. Where can people find you online, on podcast, and everywhere? Well, I'm back at AfterBuzz just as a small little co-host on the end of the table to just throw in my two cents here and there about Real Housewives of Dallas. And every once in a while, I pop over on a different show, you know, over at AfterBuzz, mainly only really Real Housewives just because, like, I can't keep my mouth shut. And then um, on my podcast, I talk a lot about things that are on page six on Bravo Daily Dish. So it's slanted towards reality TV, you know, a lot of housewives dish. And I've always got different people on to 
people who work in the business or people who, you know, are connected to entertainment. And um, I'm really proud of the show. It's called Grant's Rants Hollywood Talk. And can we find you on social media? Oh, yeah, if you want. Um, I'm over on uh, Instagram and Twitter at It's Grant's Rants. I'm basically doing the same thing, just talking <laughs> about, you know, housewives and my Insta stories are a lot of life commentary and things that are irritating me. So if you have any interest. I appreciate getting your take on yeah, all of you. what's going on in pop culture. Yeah, I really am selective on what I talk about because it has to be something that I have an opinion about that I really want to discuss, which sometimes makes it hard because sometimes the leading stories are people I don't care about. Like, you know, they're really not interested. Don't even get me started with this Dancing with the Stars Jr. I am so pissed about this. I could Wait. do a whole rant about this. Wait, what? what is Dancing with the Stars Jr.? Junior. So Dancing with the Stars, this fired show is still going, and they've now this one is with kids, and it's like they're like under fifteen or whatever, and oh. a couple kids, and they pair them up with another professional child dancer, and then they have like the main professional adult dancers that are like Team Cheryl Burke or whatever, and you know to me I don't know like the Disney culture and like these kids. But, like, I know Honey Boo Boo's on it. There's a few other stragglers from other things. But I don't know who any of these people are. I, com- I think they completely missed the mark with Frankie Muniz as the host of the show. I mean, like, not even relevant to what this is. I don't understand why he's hosting the show. And the- it's not real dancing. It's just, you know, <laughs> they do a cross step and move their hands. They're not doing ballroom dancing. So, to me, it's pointless. I can't even get into it. I mean, it sounds like you want those hours of your life back. <laughs> oh, luckily it was just YouTube and that was enough. <laughs> oh my God, you only watch clips on YouTube and you still hate it that much. <laughs> That's amazing. I just, I, that show that show really, to me, I've always feuded with Dancing with the Stars and The View. I just don't understand the appeal to those shows and this one with these kids. Again, I, people that think I hate children, it has nothing to do with the kids. It's just I have no idea why they did this because it's, there's really it doesn't require any skill. It's not that interesting, you know. I, I like to see them. It's like Kelly Monica. What a great dancer, you know. That's entertainment. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for being on the podcast, and uh, we'll definitely have to have you back to do more ranting because that was oh. this has been pretty epic. Oh wow, thank you. I hope I didn't turn anybody off from your show. By any no. means, it's all good fun, and thank you for having me. It is, having opinions is fantastic, and this is, you know, it's all it's all good fun. Anyway, thank you. I'll have to have you on uh, the rants. We'll do a call-in, so okay. we'll do that coming up. Definitely. Okay. Thank you again for having me. Of course. Take care. So that concludes this week's episode of Is This Real Life? Thank you so much for joining. Please be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or SoundCloud and follow on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.